Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Get the commercial appeal on your smartphone or tablet. Breaking news, sports, podcasts, and more. And it's all in the palm of your hand. Go to iTunes or the Google Play Store for your free download. This is the Grizzlies Podcast with the only beat writer the Memphis Grizzlies have ever known, Ron Tillery. Grizzlies find themselves in an 0-2 hole in the opening round of the playoffs against the San Antonio Spurs. Grizz lose last night, 96-82. Ron Tillery coming back to Memphis today from San Antonio. I'm your special guest host, Forrest Goodman. Later on, Jeff Calkins will join us. He's a regular co-host of the Grizz Podcast, also sports columnist at CommercialAppeal.com, where you can read him this morning. We'll talk about his column and a fiery David Fisdale in the postgame last night. As a matter of fact, we will hear from that fiery David Fisdale in just a moment. But the fact is, the Grizz are in an 0-2 hole. They play 8-30 Thursday night against the Spurs last night. A lot of fans were upset, some even angry at the performance from the Grizz in the first half, finding themselves in a hole at the halftime. But the team came out second half and played much better. You know, just trying to get something going, trying to create a, a spark in our team, which it, it worked. And uh, I was really just proud of uh, the all-out raw competition that our team brought to the game. I don't think anybody uh, watching this game uh, – could say um, that we were out-competed in that second half. Um, you know, I really, I just really thought we brought an incredible, ferocious effort in the second half. Obviously, it wasn't enough, um, but whatever. A clearly frustrated Fisdale at that moment, and it even grew as the post-game presser continued when he was finally asked about the free-throw disparity. First half, we shot 19 points, shots, 19 shots in the paint, and we had six free throws. They shot 11 times in the paint, and they had 23 free throws. I'm not a numbers guy, but that doesn't seem to add up. Overall, 35 times we shot the ball in the paint. We had 15 free throws for the game. They shot 18 times in the paint and had 32 free throws. Kawhi shot more free throws than our whole team. Explain it to me. We don't get the respect that these guys deserve because Mike Conley doesn't go crazy. He has class, and he just plays the game. But I'm not going to let them treat us that way. You know, I know Pop's got pedigree, and I'm a young rookie, but they're not going to rook us. That's unacceptable. That was unprofessional. My guys dug in that game and earned the right to be in that game, and they did not even give us a chance. Take that for data. Jeff Calkins, of course, a co-host of the Grizz Podcast. You read him at CommercialAppeal.com. He is making his way back from San Antonio after Game 2. Of course, the Grizz, as we mentioned, finding themselves in an 0-2 hole. But, Jeff, I read your column first thing this morning at CommercialAppeal.com. A fiery David Fisdale and a little life out of the Grizz despite last night's loss. Yeah, the Fisdale thing was really fairly remarkable. You know, you could tell how hot he was after the game, but he came into the 
post-game press conference, and he he handled some some questions first, some basic questions, and then someone asked him a simple question about, um, you know, whether it was important to get the to to at least show some some fight and to make the to make you know to make it a game, and somehow in answering that question, he uncorked one of the great rants in Memphis franchise history. Um, with, uh, you know, ending up just going through all of the foul shot numbers, pointing out that Kawhi shot more than the entire team. He called the officiating, um, uh, unprofessional. Um, it was really quite a, uh, quite a, it was fiery. He, um, you know, he said it was just because Mike Conley is classy and doesn't get a technical and displays the game. We're going to, we get shafted and, he said, he said, uh, he may not have the pedigree of Pavlovich, but he's not going to get rooked was his line. <laughs> and then he basically stormed off. So it was one hell of a, it was one hell of a performance by David Fisdale. And I think the, the good thing is, is that if you had, if you had had him do an interview at halftime, the only people he could have been mad at was where well, he could have been mad at himself and he could have been mad at the, at the Grizzlies. So the fact that, you end up being able to be serious with the officiating suggests that at least the game got close and you did enough to make the game close. And so, um, it, you know, it beat the hell out of the alternative, but it was, um, it was an ugly half. And then the, the Grizzlies, you know, regained some of their respect, I think in the second half with a, with a, with a pretty gutty effort. It's important for David Fisdale to do that, I think, because he has a unique relationship with this basketball team. We've seen him this year, a different kind of coach in his treatment of them. And I think guys react to that, not just this team specifically, but I just think players react to that when a coach goes out and fights for them. It makes you wonder what it was like behind closed doors when he talked to the team, if he got that fiery, allowed himself to get that fiery in front of the media. Well, I mean, I think I do think it makes a difference. Here's a guy who is, it is his first um, time in the playoffs and he does have, you know, sort of something to prove, I think. And so the players notice, I mean, they notice a lot of things that, that he's willing to take a fine. I will very clearly be fined and fined heavily for this <laughs> rant. And the fact that he is willing to do that and stand up for his guys, I think does say something to them. And I think they all had this sense with the players on the court, and then it extended to Fisdale of Fisdale's rant um, that they that you know they were fighting for something that they were at least fighting. In the first half, the amazing thing about this was is through three halves of this series, this team was worse than in, 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 this team trailed the Spurs by more after three halves than last year's team that suited up like nobody. And that's how bad a performance it was. They hadn't, he had Vince Carter showing a little fire in his, in his exchange with Kyle Anderson, but they were just dead. I mean, it was just awful though. The offense was just atrocious. They weren't moving the ball. They weren't guarding. They were jacking up shots. It was the wrong people taking shots. It was Wayne Selden and James Ennis and Zebo and, and whatever else firing up three pointers. The ball didn't move. They looked like truly a team that had just been a, assembled minutes before the game and sent out there and told to figure out how to play Marcus Sola bad body language. It was, it was, and, and, you know, over on Twitter, Grizzlies fans were justifiably, mm-hmm. um, 
furious. They were, let's blow it up, let's trade money. I mean, they were, I saw that, yeah. it was, it was disgraceful. It was, and it wasn't disgraceful effort. Listen, last year you had an excuse where, you know, you're, 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 you're rolling Lance Stevenson and Matt Barnes out there as your big guns. That That's, that's different than this year when you have Mark and Mike and sure you may not, you know, you're playing the, the Spurs and so you're not necessarily supposed to win, but you're not supposed to get just humiliated, doubled up in the first half. And, and, um, so I do think it was, normally I would say, what is the point of a moral victory for a team that has been to the playoffs seven straight years? This isn't some fledgling team, but by contrast to what was happening in the first half, I think it was important both to the Grizzlies and to the Grizzlies fans who are going to have to, you know, decided whether they're going to be there for game three or not mm-hmm. to be reminded you know, to find something of themselves, to find some dignity and fight. And then the nice thing is because they got, I mean, I'm not saying it was good that they got shafted by the officials, but it does give everyone to be something furious about for game three. You know, the Grizzlies are going to be furious about it. And the fans who already delight in being slighted and who are among the most creative and passionate in the league right. will have, will be, I think gives them something to rally around this, this, Fisdale's rant and and the and the and the imbalance in foul calls that that inspired it and it was pretty appalling when you when you start to think that the Grizzlies are the team that scores in the paint the Grizzlies are the team that isn't the perimeter team the Grizzlies against <clears throat> the Spurs had more points in the paint um, than the Spurs did and yet as Fisdale said Kawhi Leonard shot nineteen. 19 free throws mm-hmm. because he's had 15 as a team. And that's uh, Zebo who played 36 minutes, basically 35 minutes and 32 seconds, who was, you know, doing Zebo bully ball, nine of 18 from the field. He was great. Um, didn't get a sink, didn't get to the side, didn't get to the sign into the line once. <laughs> so that's, um, I mean, I do think there's something to be, mad about and I think the fact that they're mad about it gives them a great rallying point, even if they don't end up winning the series, which is hard to believe that they would at this point. Right. It creates at least some of some momentum and something to hang on to for game three as opposed to coming back with your tails between your legs and just, you know, ready to close out the season. Right. Well and, and just to your point, Jeff, this is not just for folks uh, and again, we've got some of the video at commercialappeal.com, and and you heard some of the audio here on this podcast. This is not faux outrage from David Fisdale. He had a legitimate complaint, and like Jeff said, uh, Twitter, and not just Grizzlies fans, but just the Twitterverse in general, was pointing it out last night because it was that blatant. But uh, even more so, uh, now this team has to rally. They have to show some fire and passion like their coach, Jeff, because last night, first half of that basketball game, my daughter asked, what's wrong? And I said, that's a team going through the motions in the first half. Right. They, they've got to turn things around if they have any shot of at least making this series respectable. You go back now, they've lost 10 straight in the playoffs. Yeah, you can brag about how many straight seasons you've gone, but now you need to win a game or two, even if you can't win the series. Right, and I think that starts, honestly, with sticking with the line of change that, that he made at halftime. This is a, it's interesting. The, the season really began with the most dramatic thing David Fisdale did was say that Zebo would be coming off the bench. And Zebo never liked it. 
he he is a pro, and so he said he would go along with it. And he said it again last night that he'll play whatever role they want. He want him to play. But there's no question that Zach Randolph has always wanted to be a starter. And so when they plugged in Randolph and Ennis for uh, Selden and Jermichael Green, that it really inspired. It's what triggered this. I mean, James Ennis, honestly, was just as good as Ebo. He was he was a, a demon, uh, physically, defensively, hustle. And then Zach gives you another scoring option. It's not just Mark and Mike. The problem, the problem really with this team in the, you know, you, in the first half, you could see it. Mike came down, made a couple shots. And then what did he do? Then he found Wayne Selden for a couple of open jumpers and they don't come close. He found Jermichael Green for some jumpers. They don't come close. And that then it shouldn't, but it does take the heart and the fight out of the team. And then they start, you see bad body language. You see lack of effort on the defensive end. It, it starts to snowball. And so I think putting Zach Randolph in there against this team where you can do it, this team isn't, you know, it's not a, it's not a team that's going to that spread you out like Houston and spread you out like, like the Warriors would and make you pay for having Zebo in there. And they just were themselves. And, and Zebo very clearly likes that role and likes having the chance to get in the rhythm. And, James Ennis, I don't know if you, you can expect that out of him every game, but James Ennis was, you know, they were they were creating turnovers, they were guarding. That's what they really did. They guarded in the third quarter vastly better than they they had previously, and so um, they were able to, in that way, get back into it. Um, and I fully expect. I think there's very little chance that Fisdale doesn't stick with that lineup. Mm-hmm. I mean, imagine at this point. Just just look at it from his perspective. If he goes, they're the Spurs. You're probably going to lose anyway. If you lose to the Spurs in game three, if you go back to the first lineup, the original lineup, and you end up losing or going down in the first half or whatnot, people are going to say, what the hell? We finally found one thing that works, and you're not going to stick with it? He'll get roasted. And I'm not saying that he will. I'm not saying he should base his decisions on whether he'll get roasted or not. But I do think if he went back to the original lineup and he gets and they lose or fall behind or whatever, he'll just get absolutely roasted. Right. Whereas if he sticks with a new lineup and they fall behind, it'll be well, hey, at least he gave it a shot. It's really it, just in terms of self-preservation um, of his own reputation with the Grizzlies fans. I don't see how he can not stick with this. They finally, after three halves of just, it's not like they were playing decent basketball, of disgraceful basketball. They make a switch and they look totally different. And honestly, it makes sense. You're playing guys and Mark and Mike and Zebo and Vince, and then even to a lesser extent, Ennis has been around for a while who have had some experience in this league. Instead of rolling Wayne Selden out there, who Fisdale himself said was a deer in the headlights in game one and really was a deer in the headlights in game two. And so you're, you're saying, listen, let's, let's go with the guys, the pros, the guys who've been here before and let's go down swinging. And that's what he decided to do. And again, who knows whether it'll be enough in game three, but it, uh, it at least gives you a shot. It right. gives you another scorer. And Jamichael Green just wasn't getting it done. And Wayne Selden wasn't close to getting it done. 
And so I'll be stunned if that's not the lineup going to the game. Three. I, I agree with you. And I think it sets up nicely for Thursday night, which will be 830 at FedEx Forum when the Grizzlies play game three against the Spurs. I think it sets up nicely for all those reasons you just mentioned, a fiery coach who surely showed that emotion to his team as well. Uh, a fan base, as you mentioned earlier, now feels slighted, so they've got something to rally around on top of just supporting their team. And just the fact that you know now the Grizz can kind of play that card. Look, the world's against us. We'll just go out there. Uh, that's when they respond, at least in years past, the old grit and grind, if you will. Uh, to me, it sets up nicely, but it has to happen Thursday night. It has to do that. If they're going to make a series of this, they can't fall in an 0-3 hole. No, very clearly, and they—they they, honestly, to me, what it does, it creates a. I was really not looking forward to Game Three when they're down twenty, whatever the hell it was at the half. Sure, um, I was. You could just imagine people saying, "I don't need to be there for the funeral on Game Three. I don't need them to come and see see them throw dirt on the Grizzlies." And it really felt like. The end because all what are the Grizzlies prided themselves on fighting to the bitter end mm-hmm. and everything else and there was none of that and so to watch that it was I really think it would have been hard to muster any enthusiasm for Game Three now I think it'll be easy to muster unbridled Grizzlies rage in Game Three on the part of the fans and then I think the fans will uh, fire up the players and I think you'll have a you'll have a different kind of an effort now. They still have Kawhi Leonard, and he's a hell of a player. Uh, even if he did get the breaks and get get night get to the line nineteen times, and because they still have real issues with the roster, that that Selden and Harrison just are not getting it done. And um, you know that you still have a wing rotation of a forty year old uh, in Vince Carter, mm-hmm. and then and then um, you know a couple of guys who weren't drafted in. And James Ennis and uh, Wayne Selden, and um, you know it's it's a it's a pretty it's a pretty tough way for them to live and to try to to try to beat the Spurs. So they still have roster issues, and they're still fighting a team that 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 is absolutely capable of taking them apart. But at least it gives people. I think Game Three should be fun, and then Game Four it'll either be Hey, it's two to one. We're in this. Let's send it back to San Antonio to tie it up. Or it'll be a just one more. You know, you get one chance to sort of really what would feel like would be saying farewell to this outfit in some ways. Um, because who knows what's going to happen this summer and beyond if, it, if they're swept yet again. So, um, it is, it has changed the complexion, the, both the, the second half, but then the rant that followed it. I think it's just given the change the entire emotional connection of the of this complexion of game three. That's Jeff Calkins covering the Grizzlies in San Antonio. You can read his columns at commercialappeal.com. Before we wrap up this edition of the Grizzlies podcast, how did the players react to the referees and the fouls that were or were not called? Here's Zach Randolph. It was obvious. I mean, it's what nine? I don't know what we shot with twelve free throws to their thirty some. So it was obvious. Um, but you know, we had to come out and play in the second half. Um, you know, and uh, like we did in the second half, played that to be in the game, give ourselves a chance. And as you would expect from Mike Conley, 
he was a little more diplomatic in his answer. What do you guys got to do to get some respect from these guys around here? Um, you know, we just, we got to stop fouling first off. Um, <clears throat> we're going to stay physical. You know, we're going to stay playing through the calls. That's who we are. Um, we don't make excuses. We we find a way. So, um, you know, one way or another, we're just going to keep playing through it regardless. But the one thing Conley believes is the team can take the second-half effort and build upon that before they play at home on Thursday. And I think that second half um, showed our team, you know, just how hard we need to play and what we need to, to see ourselves as, um, you know, to beat a team like the Spurs, you have to play consistent basketball like that for four quarters, and we haven't done that. You know, we've had, you know, we've played two good halves on the road. Um, we need we need a full game, and that second half tonight was uh, was promising. And then to wrap for this special edition of postseason coverage of the Grizzlies podcast, our next podcast will be Friday to recap the Thursday night game. That's an 8.30 tip against the Spurs at FedEx Forum. And don't forget, you can always find the latest episodes at CommercialAppeal.com, and you can also find us on iTunes where you can subscribe for free. Search Grizzlies Podcast. I'm Forrest Goodman. We'll be back with our next episode on Friday. Until then, have a great week. So long, everybody. is the commercial appeal.